This is Bucks First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. We knew that they were going to be nasty about it, but Democrats have shown us just how crazy they are, as well as how vindictive they are within the first 24 hours of taking power. Now we are in a Biden presidency. Now we are in a place where we have to take seriously the prospect of four years of the executive branch run by Joe Biden. It's going to be run by a Democrat and probably by Joe Biden for that whole time. So this is where we are now. I'm hearing and seeing things that are truly absurd, upsetting, outrageous. They're coming after conservatives right now. They're trying to set up the framework for using not just the private sector and different cultural institutions, but now increasingly our actual political and legal mechanisms to go after people who have disfavored opinions. And in this case, it's being too strong of a Trump supporter. I think it was a pretty big indicator of where all this was going when they were asking or where they were demanding that we vet the National Guard for pro-Trump sympathies. No surprise. Did anything happen? Were there any riots yesterday anywhere on the Biden inauguration, anywhere in the country from Trump supporters? No, there were not. What a shock to absolutely nobody. But because we had one day where one group decided to riot at Capitol Hill Now the left will muddy the waters and pretend that political violence happens on both sides. In fact, it happens really only on the right. That's the new narrative. We have to fight against it now. We used to be in a stronger position because we would say we don't do that. And it was 100 percent true. Now we have to say, well, 99 percent of the time our side does not. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time our side does not do that. Uh, so to speak, our side very broadly defined. But we already have had left wing riots. Wait, hold on a second. Joe Biden is in office. I thought this was going to stop the rise of the seas and heal the planet. Or that was Obama. But Biden's supposed to be a second. A second iteration of the Obama administration. We all know that. So why is there so much anger out there? Shouldn't this be morning in America? Shouldn't this be? Now, I know the journalists are. Oh, my gosh. For them, it's just all one big warm bubble bath right now. They're having a great time. Oh, it's amazing. Joe Biden is just coming back in and restoring everything that is good and decent about the world. I mean, it's it's embarrassing, but I knew this was going to happen, as did you. But there are a lot of other people. There are other factions on the left that are attacking people and things still attacking police officers and, and buildings. We saw that. In Denver uh, yesterday, we saw that in Portland, of course, Portland is like uh, is like a Mecca for left wing lunatics. It is a gathering point for the craziest of the crazy. And they've effectively got free reign in that city because there's so many Democrats and they don't want to cross them. It's madness. We'll get more into that. But right now, I want to point out that the former CIA director. John Brennan, whom I did not work for, but I know him by reputation and I know that he is a left wing zealot. He's a very progressive guy. Think about that. All right. He was the CIA director under Obama. He was the 
senior uh, counterterrorism advisor to the Obama White House for a number of years. This guy had a lot of authority and power in the government. He's not just some random person who's paid to go on TV, who works for a think tank that has two employees that no one cares about. He has real connections. And on the left, he has real gravitas. And he is single handedly. And this isn't new because of what he did over the Russia collusion hoax. He is single handedly destroying the brand of former CIA officer, which makes me mad on many levels. But he is doesn't have quite the same ring to it anymore because of people like him who say absolutely insane stuff. They are coming after normal, everyday Trump supporters, not necessarily with criminal charges, but with the chilling effect of a of a vast surveillance push and the desire to make sure that everybody out there who does not support this Biden administration knows that they will be treated as harshly as possible by the law if there's any cause for it. And if they have to expand the scope of the law to wrap them up in this, to go after them criminally, they will do so. Here you have John Brennan, former CIA director, with one of the this was on national TV, one of the crazier things I've heard on MSNBC in a long time, and that's saying a lot. Play three. But because of this growth in polarization in the United States and domestic violence in white supremacist groups. So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, Mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that just departed government, but also those who continue in the halls of Congress. And so I really do uh, think that the law enforcement, homeland security, intelligence, and even the defense officials are doing everything possible to root out what seems to be a very, very serious and insidious threat to our democracy and our republic. Religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, bigots, racists, even libertarians. This lunatic is singling out are pro-weed legalization, individual liberty-obsessed brethren in the libertarian movement. This is crazy. On national TV, and he's telling you what the mentality is of all the former Obama national security officials that are coming back now, of the deep staters who are now the state. Let me repeat that for you. The deep state under Trump is now the state under Biden. They are running stuff. They're not operating in the shadows. They're not afraid of the DOJ finding out about this. They think they'll get a performance award if the DOJ finds out about what they're going to do against Trump voters, against this Trump insurgency, so to speak. Comparing this to insurgency, we all know what that means. Many of you served in the military. Some of you served even in the intelligence community or perhaps in other aspects of government or law enforcement he's likening this is what democrats are doing now they're likening people that were upset over what they perceive to be an unfair and rigged election upset over that 
and and comparing them to people who uh, set suicide bombers off in crowded market squares and behead innocent civilians on video and engage in the mass enslavement and and rape and torture of women, because that's what Al Qaeda and the Islamic State and the Taliban, that's what those insurgencies do. So that's a very powerful word to use when you're talking about this, not in metaphorical terms, not in some, oh, I'm trying to use the martial rhetoric of the military to talk about a political issue. He's saying, no, we need to use this is the Obama ex-CIA director saying we should see and are seeing the entirety of the national security apparatus, homeland security, federal law enforcement, even DOD laser like fashion focus on the anti on the uh, anti Biden pro Trump insurgency. And to bring every tool to bear. To crush it. This guy's calling for counterinsurgency against his fellow Americans like a maniac on the day of the inauguration of Joe Biden. I've got news for the libs, despite all their hysterics and everything else. The system held. Everything ended up, you know, going basically the way that it was supposed to under in a constitutional uh, in a constitutional sense. And they got their way. They won. And the Republicans now are we're moving into this new phase. And this is where we are. Did they ever do that with four years of Russia collusion lies? No. Do you see Republicans now chanting by the thousands like spoiled children screaming, not my president, because that's what the Democrats were doing. I know I saw them doing it here in New York City. I'll never forget. It was a cold, rainy night right after Trump had won in 2016 and just a, a stream of people. A river of morons going down Broadway, screaming that he's not their president. And I remember thinking, fact check false. He is your president. That's where we are now. We got a bunch of loons running around. But instead of just opposing the government, instead of leaking to the Washington Post to undermine the incoming administration, bringing phony uh, but pretextual prosecutions that they're pretending are about something else. No, now they're just calling the shots. Now crazy is in charge, don't you see? It's not like they have been healed. It's not as though all of a sudden they're going to be rational and reasonable and calm down a bit and see that there is more to life than who ends up being the congressman for your district or your senator or your president. There's other much, much more important stuff every day in all of our lives. This is just a, a, a little tiny piece, a portion of it, and one that you should wrap up and put aside some, some days. One that you should make sure you don't always think about, that all of us should take breaks from this. Take a moment to make sure that we're spending enough time with family, friends, loved ones. You know, Take the kids fishing. Take the missus out for a nice dinner. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. We are all on borrowed time. I wish Democrats would just calm down. They are not waging some uh, some existential struggle against fascism in America known as Republicans. That's not happening. It wasn't happening under Trump and it's not happening now. But if they keep pushing and doing this stuff and saying they're going to leverage the apparatus of the state against us, the backlash to that will grow. The anti-purge will become a real thing. 
And depending on how severe and how serious they get, this could take us down an ugly political path. Even uglier than what we've seen. And not even just political all the time. And that's the fear here. That's why I really do want the Democrats to calm down. Republicans are going to make arguments against what they're doing. We're going to try to convince those Democrats who are not fully brainwashed by the left that they shouldn't do these structural changes to this country that are being talked about by Democrats. But we are going to conduct ourselves. We conservatives are going to conduct ourselves like adults, like patriots, like people who believe in this country and law and order, even though right now we have taken a mule kick to the face. And I know it and I feel it. But that's who we are. Let's see who they are. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I think the other issue of Homeland Security, uh, as John pointed out, yes, there's a security issue. How do you identify armed militias who are intent on doing harm? But there's a broader societal issue that is going to take many years to detox the disinformation, the lies, the hate that has been spread. A whole segment of the American population has been radicalized by what has happened over the last four years and by the fact that Donald Trump is no longer there. They can no longer see Donald Trump kind of representing their grievances in the highest office. And so those grievances are going to go back underground. Uh, And I think there's a lot of work to be done uh, to, to deal with the broader societal issues that go beyond what even national security, homeland security professionals could do. Oh, even more work than national security. So John Brennan's saying we need to leverage the national security state to surveil and intimidate and go after this Trump insurgency. And then Obama's former chief foreign policy propagandist, Ben Rhodes, is out there telling everybody, oh, and it, it goes even beyond that because of how people have been radicalized. He's talking about how our side, generally speaking, is radicalized. Meanwhile, who, who was destroying buildings yesterday? It's the inauguration day. What was it? Trump voters or Biden voters who attacked the DNC headquarters in Portland? Was it Trump voters or Biden voters who were engaged in property destruction and basically a smaller scale riot in Denver? I, I just want to know. It's day one of the new administration. The Democrats won this election. Darn it. But it's where we are. I know I say it and it just doesn't feel good, but it's true. And we're already seeing political violence from their side because attacking cops and destroying property is lawless and it is violence. And yet they're so worried about the radicalization on our side. What, what is the what is the defining movement of the left of the last 10 years. I mean, we're looking at political mobilizations that have happened allegedly at the grassroots level. What did they have? A BLM, which resulted in hundreds of uh, violent protests, riots, destruction of property, police stations burned to the ground, police officers murdered, uh, people trying to blind cops with lasers, throw bags of urine at them, hit them with rocks just destroying, uh, you know, drug stores and and clothing stores and stealing sneakers and handbags, all the stuff that we saw. That was all a part of the BLM movement. We all know that. Even before that, if you go back about a decade, there was 
the Occupy Wall Street movement, which was something that I covered when I got started, very beginning of my media career, so I remember it well. And you know what the truth is? The anti-cop and Antifa movements, BLM and Antifa were incubated and, and within that Occupy movement. There were rowdy and, and riotous protests that happened under Occupy Wall Street. There were uh, uh, criminal acts taking place, shutting down intersections, breaking stuff, throwing rocks at cops. All that was happening, particularly in places like Oakland, Portland, Seattle. What is the defining? I, I just want us all to remember this. What is the defining political movement or the, or the most large scale grassroots political movement of the last 10 years on the right? You could maybe say MAGA and Trumpism, but another another answer would be the Tea Party. How much violence, how much destruction was there from the Tea Party? Almost none. I mean, it became a joke even among conservatives that, you know, you didn't want to be the person at the Tea Party rally who left a rapper on the town green because littering is a no, no. That was the Tea Party. People coming together. And making their voices heard in a legal first amendment cherishing fashion and then we had the 2010 midterms which was a wipeout for democrats in the house as you remember and brought in this whole new crop a lot of your favorite politicians today won in that election a lot of your favorite politicians came into office in 2010 in 2012 after the obama uh, victory in 2008 in large part because of the tea party movement so we, we have a history here. It's not even just the history of the last month. We have a history of the last 10 years. Don't let them gaslight you. Don't let them convince you that our side is the problem. We're the radicals. We're the ones who need to have the security state brought down in our heads. No, they're the authoritarians. That's the issue. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. Much to repair, much to restore, much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once in a century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice some 400 years in the making moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. Notice how Biden puts together in this speech the rise of political extremism, white supremacy. I, I still want, where are all these white supremacists they're always talking about? Just wondering, where are all the white supremacists? We always hear about this rise of white supremacy. Well, because they've expanded the term so that it's almost meaningless. I mean, it, encom and it encompasses so much that is not in any real way white supremacy. 
that it's hard to understand what they're talking about. They just use it now the same way they use fascism. I don't like you're bad white supremacy. That's what it means now. Just the same way when they call you a fascist, they're not actually saying that you have anything to do with a, a kind of state control of the economy with uh, socialism and nationalism melded together in this hybrid political system where there's authoritarianism at the. No, it's not. That's actually not what they're, they're just saying. You're a fascist. You're a bad, evil, awful person. That's not what white supremacist means, too, because they refer to people who aren't in any way racist or white supremacist with that term just to smear them, just to attack them. But notice, and this was this was not an accident. The fight against white supremacy and the cries from a planet in jeopardy. You, you have to understand the way the leftist mind operates. They're looking at a mobilization. Uh, they're looking at a mobilization through the fight against Trump voters, which they will just, you know, the term they will use is white supremacy, domestic terrorists, meaning you voted for Trump and think that Joe Biden is a, is a, a buffoon who's not up for the job and never should have been elected. But, you know, here we are. That now qualifies as being a domestic terrorist attitude, but also with the climate change stuff. They, they have a, 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 a messianic feeling about this. They, they have to save the world from climate change and anyone who gets in the way is a denier a term of obvious disparagement they don't call you a denier because they want you to come over to their side they don't call you a denier because they want to exchange in good faith debate what else is the term denier used for the holocaust in which case they want people to be thought of if you don't believe that anything the left and the enviro wackos want to do to save the planet. If you have a problem with any of that, you are inherently, uh, you are inherently a denier morally similar to a Holocaust denier because that's just what they want people to think. I mean, it's crazy. I understand this is such a, but that's what they want people to, to take away from it. They're putting these two things together because this is what the, the left-wing mind will, will, mobilize behind defeating and crushing Trumpism in all aspects of society as a domestic terrorist movement and using climate change as the catch all as the as the justification for any policy they want to implement at any time. And if you stand in the way of it, you don't want to save the planet. You see, if you stand in the way of it, you are a bad person. This is the guy who's supposed to be all about unity. This is the guy who is, uh, you know, stopping the rise of the seas and healing the planet and all the other stuff that, that you are hearing. So I think that's that's all worth noting. Um, he this is his version of unity. I mean, he's promising things like this. This was the inauguration speech. Play 18. To all those who supported our campaign. I'm humbled by the faith you've placed in us. To all those who did not support us, let me say this. Hear me out as we move forward. Take a measure of me and my heart. And if you still disagree, so be it. That's democracy. That's America. The right to dissent peaceably within the guardrails of our republic is perhaps this nation's greatest strength. Yet hear me clearly. 
This agreement must not lead to disunion. And I pledge this to you. I will be a president for all Americans, all Americans. And I promise you, I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. Sure he will. We can really take that one to the bank, can't we? What is one thing that Joe Biden could do right now that would calm everything down and make it easier to believe there's even the intent? I don't even think that this is really a Democrat desire. I don't think they want unity. I think they want payback. I think they want to punish people for their wrong thing. I think their plan is to use their new powers to not only change society more in their image, but to track down and eradicate every vestige of Trumpism in our politics, culture, and all throughout society. That's what I think. But if they were trying to prove me wrong, you know how they could start? You know, you know what is one way that they could make it very clear they have a different approach? All Joe Biden would have to do is say, you know what, guys? Uh, let's stop with all this domestic terrorist movement talk. Let's not, let's not speak. Let's not have prominent Democrat officials and, and people that are clearly on Team Biden in one way or another out there saying that we're going to bring down the wrath of God or Gaia or you know whoever the left believes in. We're going to bring that wrath down on the heads of those who stood in Biden's way. No. Say that we're all, we're all going to let bygones be bygones. Say that they forgive the transgressions of the Trump movement, even if they're still going to play out. And, in, in, you know, I'm not talking about the ones in court. They're going to play out in different ways in society. Uh, say that they're willing to forgive their political opponents. You think they'd ever do that? Joe Biden says, you know, guys, we should move past that ugliness. No, got to still take shots. Got to still. Make sure you you ram home the advantage you have right now, Democrats. That's that's the plan. So they're being uh, sore winners, which is no surprise. And they're also starting to take it upon themselves to clear out. I mean, it, it's not just in in rhetorical terms that they're clearing things out. It's also uh, it's also in actions. The White House fired Peter Robb. This guy was the NLRB, National Labor Relations Board General Counsel. He's the top lawyer at the National Labor Relations Board. I know that sounds boring, but the NLRB matters a lot to Democrats because it's labor, it's unions, it's regulations that affect unions and workers. And this is right at the right where the policies that Democrats want, where the rubber meets the road on a lot of things. So it does matter. And this is what Rob wrote when he was unwilling to step down because he had a term that did not expire until uh, the end of this year. So why are they firing him a year early? The guy's a career civil servant. He hasn't done anything. Well, he's not their guy, you see. You know, this is what we heard when Trump came in. Oh, he could never get rid of St. Comey. Remember that? Sancta Comey? You could never get rid of him. He's such a good and honorable man. Comey is, is a lanky weirdo, and we all know it. A self-righteous, oh, oh, I mean, just bizarrely socially inept, in love with himself weirdo. But if you fired him, oh, he has a 10-year term as FBI director. You can't do that. And that was the whole thing, right? 
Well, here we have the, the chief counsel at the NLRB. I know it's not the head of the FBI, but it's not an insignificant position either, which is why the Democrats took action on it day one. Day one, they targeted this. They went after this. This wasn't an accident. It's not something that just came up in normal business. Here is what what um, what he wrote. Uh, you know that that I think you should hear because it just shows you the double standards that are underway right now and what we're all being subjected to. "Quote: It was my understanding the incoming administration intended to foster civility and union in this country and in the governing of this country, promising to adhere to the rule of law and enabling its chief law enforcement officers the independence." free from White House interference to enforce the laws of the United States. A presidential removal of the NLRB's general counsel prior to the expiration of of his or her term violates these promises and principles. That is the letter that uh, that he put out. And you know what they did? They fired him. They fired him. Here's also from his letter. This is to the, this is to the office of the president from Peter Robb. The removal of a general counsel would set an unfortunate precedent for the labor relations of this country that will permanently undermine the structure and thus the proper functioning of the NLRB. In particular, such action undermines Congress's intent that the office of the general counsel be independent of the board and the executive branch so that the general counsel as chief prosecutor of the NLRA can prosecute potential violations of the NLRA free from political influence and pressure. Indeed, my own experience, as well as my conversations with those who held this position before me, have confirmed that the need for the NLRB general counsel to act independently without constant fear of removal. I'm concerned about the abrupt manner in which this is being done, which will cause unnecessary interference with immediate agency operations. Signed, sincerely. Peter B. Robb, former now general counsel. Biden team came in and said, yeah, you're not our guy. You're not a you're not a union loving big business uh, socialist type. So you're gone. You're out. Gee, I thought this was going to be the administration that restored all the integrity and honor. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, he spoke from the depth of his soul, and we needed this. You know, that was beautiful. You know, beauty heals. Beauty heals. There was not one part of that that wasn't just medicine in the wound. And if you have any doubt that one person can make a difference, that one person's voice, one person's commitment, one person's you know, bedrock faith can be the, 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 the pivot point for a nation. Just watch that speech again and look at, look at how the country responds. So we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that the way this would go is that they would just say, uh, they would just say the most flowery, loving, and and praising things possible about Joe Biden. Not just day one, not just in the inauguration. I mean, if this was going to be a just a welcome to the welcome to the big chair moment for Joe Biden, I'd say, all right. I mean, but now this is going to continue on. This is going to continue on. This is where things are. And we can all just 
look at this and understand exactly what's really happening here. Um, they have their guy. It doesn't really matter that it's Joe Biden. It could be any, they've got a Democrat and you're going to see the it's like the captain of the ship is taking the wheel and, and spinning it, you know, hard to hard to port. Uh, or is it starboard? Could be either way, I guess. And just turning the ship around here. The media is going from dug in scorched earth opposition to walking in front of the Biden procession, you know, throwing flowers in the air and giving everybody, you know, garlands of tulips and kisses and oh my, that's where we are now. So understand, it's not only are they going to be propping up Biden in every way that they can, they're also going to be taking the position. um, They're also going to be taking the position that anybody that doesn't see it this way is a, is a terrible human being I and mean, somebody that we should really all be very concerned about. But this was my this is my favorite one. So this guy at NBC, because, you know, NBC News, same same politics as CNN. Don't don't ever be fooled by that. Uh, it's you could think of these places as extensions of each other. There's really no difference in the kind of and people do bounce back and forth. ABC News, NBC News, CNN, MSNBC. It's like a big circle. You just go around and round and round. Try to get the most money in your contract you can. On the right, they're like nowhere for you to go. On the right, there's uh, it's a lot more limited real estate, as we know. Anyway, here's Peter Alexander over at NBC News. I just want you to, I want you to hear this. This is his first chance to ask the incoming administration a new question. He's setting the tone right away of speaking truth to power. Play one. The battle for truth may be as tough a fight right now as is the battle against coronavirus. How do you and President Biden plan to combat disinformation that in many ways led to that assault we witnessed two weeks ago today on the Capitol? Well, I think, Peter, um, there are a number of ways to combat misinformation. One of them is accurate information and truth and data and um, and sharing information even when uh, it is hard to hear and even when um, it um, is not uh, meeting the expectations of, of people at home who are desperate for this crisis to be over. Um, we'll have more to share with you um, in the next few days, hopefully before the weekend. But uh, what we plan to do is not just return these daily briefings Monday through Friday night. Saturdays and Sundays. I'm not a monster, but uh, on uh, but also to return briefings with our health officials and public health officials. We want to do those regularly uh, in a dependable way uh, with data uh, shared with all of you and with the public so that they can also track progress. Yep. That's that's the question you get from Peter Alexander. How do you and President Biden plan to combat disinformation? They're the new regime, dude. Did you not get the memo? You're supposed to be combating their disinformation. You're supposed to be holding their feet to the fire. You're supposed to be asking questions meant to get around their propaganda and evasions. But no, he just he let he let the game let the game out right away. They're on the same team working toward the same end. That's the whole thing. It's just going to be one big High five circle up there in the uh, West Wing. Everyone just saying, yes, great, Biden. Where's the bigger threat of authoritarianism? When the entire media is opposed to and benefiting from its opposition to a president or when they're all in a president's pocket? Remember that. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
We got a friend on the scene down in D.C. to talk about what's going on there. And, and also, like me, he's a former intelligence community guy. So much to dig into now with this proposed domestic terrorism law and all the rhetoric we're hearing from this Biden team. Jack Posobiec is with us now. He's a correspondent for One American News, a former naval intelligence officer. Jack, great to have you back. Hey, Buck. Thanks for having me on calling in live from the green zone here in Washington, D.C. Tell me about it. What's it look like? I mean, everything seemed OK yesterday, although it looked like they were preparing for an invasion from, you know, China or North Korea or something. Look, I got to tell you, there are enough troops, trucks and general military equipment in this town right now to repel an invasion from a near peer state power. I've never seen anything like this. I've been living in D.C. almost 10 years I've, in any response to anything that's happened. And we have had attacks here. We've had. Uh, protests. We've had riots all last summer. We had police attacked, assaulted, etc. Places burned down. We had mobs run, literally running through the streets of D.C. and Georgetown going up to people. You never saw this up. The White House was attacked at one point over the summer. They didn't even put a Humvee in front of it. Wow. And what's what's the reason for this continued heavy presence after the inauguration? You know, I've been in briefings both on the record and off the record with PAOs from the National Guard and other servicemen that I know. They keep telling me that there are no credible active threats to Washington at this time. Is there chatter on social media? You bet. It's social media. That's what you'll find there every single day of the week. But you're not finding anything that rises to the level of a specific uh, delineated threat to the Capitol, to the inauguration, to Joe Biden, to Washington uh, or to the Capitol building itself. It's just not there. Most of the time you see people, they're walking around. In some cases, they're armed. In some cases, yesterday we saw really what we saw yesterday that was significant, I think, was foot patrols, massive amounts of foot patrols surrounding D.C., throughout the Capitol region, throughout the National Mall, um, 40 soldiers, 50 soldiers at a time just marching around unarmed. Uh, yet really conducting those presence operations, kind of giving everyone, I guess, you know, some sense of that it is on lockdown. But as far as providing actual prevention to an attack, I'm not sure if there was anything that was going on. Speaking of Jack Posobiec, he's correspondent for One American News Network and a former naval intelligence officer. Jack, uh, you've had 135 civil rights organizations, according to Fox News, signing an open letter to Congress yesterday urging them not to expand terrorism-related uh, authorities. And the letter was signed on behalf of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Uh, and they say that there should not... Essentially, there's already plenty of laws in the books about terrorism. Why would we be expanding it? What's the purpose of it? I think we should all see this as, as troubling, because even in Joe Biden's speech, he is targeting, uh, he's targeting individuals and groups on the right with a very broad brush, and we're hearing that they're going to mobilize state, local, federal, you name it, even DOD resources against this insurgency threat, as John Brennan, the ex-CIA director, calls it. That, that to me, that all sounds really kind of menacing. Look, I, I spent time in the ICB. You spent time in the IC. We know the types of tools that were used to wage the global war on terror. We know the reach and the power of the NSA, our SIGINT capabilities, our comment capabilities, everything that can be done through that. You know, we call it the magic box at Fort Meade with everything that they can look into around the world. 
Those tools were not designed to be used on the domestic American populace. They were not designed to be used for American citizens. And what they're attempting to do is to widen the aperture of the authorities and allowances for those tools so that they can be turned ever. It seems ever so slightly. But you and I know, Buck, that the minute you start widening this net, you are going to be catching a lot of people that are not involved in any type of extremism, certainly not involved in any type of terrorism or any active threat. Because, And you're noticing this with even the same words when you're talking about the National Guard. And I, I love the troops. There's no question about that. But we're talking about authorities here from the political leaders. When they start saying, well, we're concerned, we have concerns, and that we're going to start using flags. And what my reporting has shown out is that they're going through the National Guard soldiers. And when they're talking about this vetting process, these are the early stages of it. Where when they're vetting someone, that means they're going to your social media, to your Facebook, to your TikTok, to your Twitter, whatever you have up, and they're looking for what they call indicators or flags. Well, what are some of the things that Army CID or FBI and Navy NCIS is starting to get this directive now too? They're looking at, do you like the NRA? Do you have a picture of the Gadsden flag? Don't tread on me. Have you liked Turning Point USA, the Patriot Riders, which go out for uh, military funerals? These are all different types of things that they're looking for as just potential indicators for extremism. MAGA hats, Keep America Great hats. These are all endemic of the political opposition to the current administration. And so you've got a situation now where it's one really one step removed from almost declaring your opposition to all the extremists. And I think that that's what you were just mentioning that Biden talked about in his speech yesterday. Yes, and they're certainly not going to be particularly discerning if it's something that allows them to chill the political opposition speech to them as well, right? You don't have to you don't have to lock up everybody, Jack, as you and I well know. You only have to pick a few targets here and there with these expanded authorities and everybody else gets the message. We see that with the social media suppression campaigns, and I think we're going to see that with some of the way they try to apply the law here in any kind of expanded authority sense, which is what they're talking about. But I also want to ask you, as, as a correspondent for One American News, the the calls for your including some of your fellow journalists out there uh, or you know fellow media people to stop carriage of One America, to stop carriage of Newsmax and, and Fox News along with it, by the way. Uh, this I have not. I mean, I'm not surprised by it, but have you seen this before? It feels like. They believe with the new Biden administration, this is within their sights now to just deplatform not only their political, but also their commercial rivals. Right. Once again, you've got a situation where it's yet another tactic where any dissent, any opinion that doesn't agree with them, not only, you know, I, look, I grew up in the 90s, right? You know, around the same age. I remember that we used to always say, if you don't like what you're listening to, turn the channel, right? That was sort of the Howard Stern standard, turn the channel, you have to listen to it. But now we're told that no freedom of speech has to be a positive, right? They call it positive freedom, meaning that you have to take away the speech that you don't like, that you disagree with. This, again, is going to lead to a chilling effect in American political discourse. And you're already seeing that now today where people are taking down pictures on their social media. They're making sure to be very quiet around the workplace so they don't say anything that makes anyone think that it could trip their sensibilities. If Oh, I have, you know, taking off Trump bumper stickers. You are getting to a situation where you're essentially what you are essentially doing 
is that you're ending any meaningful opposition to the left in America. Speaking of Jack Posobiec, One America News correspondent and former naval intelligence officer. And, and Jack, I, I just I, I want to know what you think about the fact that we saw violence yesterday in America from leftists, unsurprisingly, attacking cops and buildings, including even the headquarters of the DNC in Portland. There was also a, a dust up in, in Denver. So we, we had a couple of places where there were effectively riots and the one in Portland really targeted immigrations and customs enforcement offices. But isn't it isn't it? Uh, well, I, I want your take, actually. Just tell me, what do you what do you think is the message that Americans should take from the fact that you're there in the so-called green zone in D.C. with uh, uh, green zone in D.C. with 30,000 troops or so deployed for a quiet and peaceful day in D.C. And it's actually leftists out in Portland who are trying to burn things down and intimidate federal officers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really amazing that, you know, if Joe Biden and John Brennan and all the rest of these guys want to actually do something about domestic terrorism and insurrectionist groups, boy, I've got a whole list for you of groups, starting with Portland. Then we go to Seattle. We go to the people that were perpetrating Chaz that have still to this day not been arrested and locked up. Actually, they got one of them in Tallahassee, Florida, because he had traveled up to Chaz. He's a, a calls himself a YPG sniper because he went over to Syria and did training. These individuals, and I, I made an entire documentary about this. You can go to AntifaMovie.com and watch it. I brought in people from the left. I brought in people from conservatives. I brought in Black Lives Matter people who all said that this group, Antifa, what they do, they are insurrectionists, they are agitators, they are inciters. They want violent overthrow of the U.S. system. They are not Republicans. They are not Democrats. They want to overthrow our system, the entire status quo. So, no, of course, they are not supporters of Joe Biden in the same way that they were not supporters of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. They represent something far, far outside the political mainstream. And, and this is key, they are taking direct action in the streets to achieve it. Jack, what what is the benefit that the Democrats and the left wing media, uh, the Democrat aligned media get from ignoring and downplaying Antifa, even when they're attacking, say, the DNC headquarters in Portland? Not I mean, if you flip on CNN right now, very unlikely you'll see the footage that I've seen from people like Andy. No. And I know you've got your excellent documentary that people can watch for an in-depth very unlikely you'll see the black-clad lunatics of Antifa just yesterday on those channels. Why is that? Well, the reason is twofold. Number one, because they only want to portray one side as being negative, and that, of course, being conservatives, being Trump supporters, right? But they'll take groups like Proud Boys or Oath Keepers and then use that to paint with a broad brush across anyone who just happened to vote for the guy for office, right? And Which is obviously not fair. But at the same time, they want to keep these groups like Antifa around because they know that for 90 percent of the time, Antifa's targets will be the same political opponents of the left. They will be Donald Trump. They will be Trump supporters. They will be conservatives. And they know that Antifa has no holds barred. They will go to your home. They will go to your place of business. They will go after you on social media. Right. They will go and do the things that the Democrats can't. And of course, 
with a wink and a nod, they'll disavow everything, but they'll never take meaningful action against us. You know, we're we're going through and identifying everybody that was at the Capitol riot that went in. They're using facial recognition. They're asking for tips. And look, if people broke the law, they broke the law and we should do that. But why isn't that same standard being applied to these groups that have been doing this night after night in Portland and Seattle and across the country? Jack, before we let you go, and I know you got to get back to reporting on what's happening right there in D.C. because you're in the middle of all the security precautions. What are your what are your biggest concerns and primary observations about this now Biden national security team that he's surrounding himself with? Some of them are about to be appointed. Others are already in place. Look, he talks about unity and he talks about healing, and yet he surrounds himself with people that are looking to do the exact opposite of that. And so I think it is distorting his message. You know, I'm going to take Joe Biden at his word when he says he wants unity, he wants unity. But why are you putting people around you, sir? Why are you putting people around you that are seeking to ask for unity under submission? Very good question. One that I think we're going to find out, unfortunately, the hard way in the weeks ahead. But, Jack, keep your head on a swivel, my friend. Stay safe and come back and join us soon. All right. Appreciate it, Buck. They have to get you down here sometime. Absolutely. Jack Posobiec, One American News, everybody. You should be uh, following his work and check him out.